hello, hello. Welcome back to Coming to Fruition. I'm so, so excited to record this week's episode, and I am so just happy that I get to do this. I'm so excited, and I hope you are equally as excited to listen. Thank you guys for listening. This week's episode, I ended up reaching out on social media, um, pretty much every social I have, and I asked you guys what topic you would like me to discuss because, as you know, as I said in last week's episode, I'm I'm trying to get a more um, structured topic for each episode because that just kind of helps my brain a little bit more and etc. But yeah, I asked you guys for a topic on what I should talk about, and I got a couple responses, but the one that I got today actually was from someone I was texting, so shout out to them. This is something that I have a lot to say about, so get ready, get set, and we're going to talk about it. So, this week's topic is struggling with independence. Um, the person who suggested this specifically listed off a couple things that I have been told that I can share with you guys. So we're going to kind of go through that list and kind of talk about them one by one. The independence that they were struggling with in particular, they were talking about, um, I'll read you an excerpt actually, they said that they are learning how to not only be independent financially but romantically as well. Um, For example, having anxious attachment styles, etc. This is definitely something that I can talk about so, so much more because I have struggled with codependence in particular pretty much my entire life. It wasn't up until a couple years ago that I was actually able to take a good long look at my personal inventory and see that. And I'm very happy that I finally learned that about myself because it's been such a big growing period for me ever since I realized this. And yeah, I can honestly say that I'm a better person for having these attachment styles and learning how to break them. But the thing is, No one really talks about what happens after you break them. No one talks about what it's like in the process of learning how to break them. So I want to talk about that a little bit first. Yeah, going into anxious attachment style specifically, before I realized that about myself, I had never seen or heard anybody talk about this. I know it's a widely discussed topic, but I just simply like didn't have the resources myself to be able to talk about this and or to just like hear other people's stories about how that they've dealt with this and how they've broken out of those habits. Yeah, I didn't have any of that. It actually wasn't until I had, I think it was my first therapist ever, like back in 2019, I want to say, she um, ended up pointing this out to me. And thing is, like this was like right maybe like a few months after like I kind of started like thinking about it with myself like without talking to anybody um but then when I spoke to her she just kind of like confirmed it and I was like huh well everything adds up now so that's cool but yeah ever since I had that therapy session with her and I kept talking about it and I kept figuring out ways that I had been like reliant on people dude like it, it honestly, like, changed my perspective on a lot of relationships in my life because not only was I able to see it how I was doing that to other people, I was also able to see how they were doing that to me, like, relying on me maybe a little too much, like, emotionally. And I feel like that honestly just, like, benefited a lot of my friendships today. It's just now that I know this about myself, like, I get to just you know, catch myself whenever I'm in those habits and, like, I validate my own emotions with it at the end of the day. Like, hey, that's okay. Sometimes you backtrack. But also sometimes, like, you can't overanalyze your friendships into thinking that 
everything that you do is going to be viewed as this anxious attachment style that you're trying to break. And that's actually another thing that the person who suggested this topic brought up is that whenever you're super self-aware of this bad thing that you're doing and let's say you finally like you're confident now that like you've broken this habit like it's still lingering but like you've you've pretty full like you've pretty much broken it in the sense that like you're not engaging in your relationships the way that you used to with this bad habit but as you grow from it and as I said earlier like you start to see how much you've you've gone off the path of it I guess you also just start to worry though all the time like am I backtracking wait does this person think I was doing this because of this reason like and it's so, it's just whack. It's simply so whack. Like, that's the that's the only word that I can really, like, uh, think of it right now. It's just, like, with being super self-aware, this person and I are both very, very, very self-aware. Um, my therapist ended up telling me this last session, fun fact. Uh, she was like, yeah, you're literally one of the most self-aware people that I've met. And you told me this whenever we first started talking, but I didn't believe you. But yeah, you like, you know yourself very well. And I was like, yeah, no shit. But here's the thing, like, it sucks. It sucks to be so self-aware of your actions. And at the same time, you could be so self-aware of your actions, but because you're forming these new relationships with people that you don't know very well, you don't know how they communicate, you don't know if they communicate through, like, body language, through just direct conversations, whatever, you know how you're meaning your actions to be perceived, but you don't know how the other person is perceiving them. And that's tough. That's probably one of the hardest parts about forming relationships with somebody, whether it's romantic, just friends, whatever. At the end of the day, you're having to learn how this other person communicates. And more specifically, you're having to learn how this person communicates with you. Like, let's just talk about that a little bit. Human beings are so, so, so complex. We have so many different languages that we speak. We have so many different body languages. We have so many different love languages. Like, human beings in themselves are so fluent in so many forms of communication that could be totally foreign to somebody else. And I honestly think that attachment styles in themselves are a whole other language that not everybody knows because there's so many of us who have never experienced these attachment styles. You know, there's anxious attachment, there's codependence, there's uh, fear of abandonment that leads into its own thing. Like, there's so many different attachment styles that I think some of us have multiple, but some of them just have the one. But either way, like, you don't really get to know that until you go through a huge obstacle with the person who you're experiencing that with, if that makes sense. Like, for example, say you get into a fight with your friend. And your friend brings up, hey, we're fighting so much because I see you clinging on to me. Or, you know, I don't like the way that you always want to hang around me. Whatever, like something like that. And you're like, fuck, I didn't even mean my own actions to come out like that. Because, again, here's this bad habit that I'm trying to break. Like, this is not my intention at all. But because this person may, you know, already have this in their head you obviously start to gaslight yourself with that. Like, if that makes sense. Like, I know that me, personally, I can be so self-aware of my actions and know the way that I'm intending them, how I mean them to be perceived, etc. But the second that somebody tells me that I've done something different in their eyes, like, for example, maybe I'm 
maybe they think I'm being clingy or whatever. And at the end of the day, like, I know that I'm not because I know how I've been in that phase of my life and I'm just, like, not doing that. But because they're perceiving me that way and I'm scared of losing them, I'll, in my head, I'm like, okay, you know what? They're right. Oh, I totally see how they felt that way. Maybe I am doing this and I just didn't realize it. Like, I start to gaslight myself into fitting their mold and their image of what they have of me in their head. Because in my in my brain, if I do that and I agree with them, then they won't want to leave. They'll be like, okay, she's listened to me. She's heard what I had to say. She tells me that she's sorry, whatever. I can trust her. I can trust her that she's going to try to not do this anymore, whatever. And that's fucked. That's so fucked that I do that to myself. The way I've thought about it, actually, something that I forgot that I did that I used to do whenever I was first kind of like coming to terms with how codependent I was in my relationships. I used to kind of make a 12-step program for myself, kind of in the way that like NA and AA groups do, where I'd be like, okay, step number one, we're going to seize contact with this person. We're just like not going to contact them. We're going to let them come to us, etc. because we need to stop contacting them first or hitting them up to do stuff or whatever. Then it'd be like step number two, like let them come to you, whatever, do the, like it, it was bad. I, like it wasn't like bad because at the end of the day, like I was trying to do something better for myself, but it was the fact that I was like, I was doing it for myself, but also at the end of the day, I was doing it because I was so scared of losing certain relationships in my life that I, again, like I was just gaslighting myself constantly. I'm like, okay, like if I do these two, if I do these 12 steps, this person and I are going to be great friends in the end. And, like, that's fucked. That's so just, it's just fucked. So now, like, whenever that happens to me and I catch myself doing the same thing, I'm like, okay, we're going to stop talking to them. Okay, we're going to let them hit up, hit us up first. Or we're going to over-apologize for whatever. Like, that, I, it, like, there are just so many growing pains that come with attachment styles and trying to break them but at the same time like validating your own emotions through the trials and tribulations of breaking them and like it's just this whole thing that everyone struggles with in their own way but you will never never know that until you personally have a discussion with them because I honestly think that like it's kind of hard to even perceive that in their like body language or even just conversations that you have with people like you don't really see that until like shit hits the fan with them and you're like oh fuck like they're panicking right now because they think that they're gonna lose me or whatever like you don't like I don't know you just don't get to see it a lot so kind of going into the next topic that this person mentioned um they told me that they end up storing their anxious energy in certain ways and the ways that they personally are affected by it are they don't like physical affection and they end up procrastinating because they end up wanting to be a perfectionist in stuff that they do. And I actually had never thought about ways that I had stored my anxious energy. I still don't really know the ways that I do. We just spoke about this like half an hour ago. This is still super fresh in my brain. But I did think that that was interesting that they were actually super aware of themselves and like knowing like how they just display this anxious energy like I I don't know like I've just never really thought about that and honestly like the thing that I think about the most 
that it goes off of it it's not about how I store it my anxious energy but the thing that I think about the most when I'm recovering from how I used to act in certain relationships or not like recovery but like whenever I'm trying to grow from that I've noticed that I can be totally stable with myself emotionally with my relationships with most people in my life like I've formed pretty healthy relationships nowadays like I I feel like I can say that and mean that and live by that you know like I'm I'm pretty fucking content with like my relationships nowadays but there's certain people in my life in my life that like I'm around them for two seconds and that shit is gone all the work that I have done is gone with those people in my life that I regress around mentally, I'm not in relationships with those people anymore. Like, I am i don't engage with those people anymore. So, now, like, looking back on it, I'm trying to understand why I did that to begin with. Um, one of those people is actually my mom. I kind of noticed this a little bit lately. I've noticed that I get super fucking angry anytime I'm around her. I just kind of regress basically to that mentality that I had when I was like 16, 17 years old, which was about four or five years ago for me now. And a lot has happened in the four or five years ago since I last lived with my mom. Uh, Yeah, I moved out of her house whenever I was like 17, stayed with a friend, and I just like never went back. But I noticed that I still regress to that mindset around her and I think this was kind of also too like this was kind of tip of the iceberg moment in my life where I was trying to let go of so many old habits but I was also still so stuck in the mentality of just being angry at everyone and you know not knowing what I was going to do and being angry that I didn't know who I was etc. So I think that I still slip back to that mentality with her because I never actually got to grow with her as a person. I like whenever I left when I was 16 or 17, I did all of my growing without her. So I think now like anytime I see her, I kind of want to go back to that mentality because that was the last mentality that I ever had around her. But it's so weird that I regress around her and really not anyone else. Everyone else in my life, like they see who I am now. They don't really get flashbacks of who I was when I was, like, 16 or, like, whatever. Like, they see me now as 21-year-old Solon, almost 22-year-old Solon. That's weird. Whatever. They, yeah, like, so I don't I don't really fully understand why I end up regressing to that mindset around her. I know, like, how it happened and I'm trying to understand why, but, like, I I just don't really get, like, why it's triggered by her. There's probably some deeper neurological meaning in that that I just, like, haven't gotten to figure out, and that's okay. Um, It's just frustrating to feel like I've grown so much as a human being until I'm around her. And I actually ended up speaking with her about this recently. I saw her just the other day, and I caught myself getting angry again, and I was like, hey... I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I'm just an asshole every single time that we're near each other. Like, I hate that because it's a shitty feeling for me too. I'm not finding enjoyment whatsoever by being an asshole to her. So, I end up apologizing to her and I'm like, hey, I'm sorry. Like, you're not giving me any reason to be an asshole, but here's why I think I've 
been an asshole to you tonight and why I think I've been an asshole to you throughout our past visits and you know we kind of spoke about that a little bit and that's kind of how I started to figure out why I regressed back to this mindset this super angry 16 year old mindset like and it's just rough it's another thing that I'm going to have to go through and another thing that I'm going to have to figure out and I'm not necessarily like worried about figuring it out I'm more so just like concerned that it's never truly going to get figured out not because I'm not willing to put in the effort but because I'm in that mentality because it was a two-way street between me and her you know And, and so like it's like okay well there has to be a it has to be a two-way effort between both people like it has to be an equal amount of effort to restore that relationship so I've always been kind of willing to put in the work it's just a matter of is she willing to put in the work you know but yeah like I'm not gonna keep going off on this tangent about that whole thing so with that being said I did notice though that it was my relationship with my mom that actually kind of I don't want to, yeah, I will say that. It, it kind of like triggered the new habit that I started forming of being hyper independent because I kind of grew up in the sense where I did have to look after myself. Like I had wonderful, amazing grandparents who raised me, but at the end of the day, they were still working. They still had stuff to do. I just still had to like kind of look after myself. They gave me clothes, they gave me food, etc. Like, but at the end of the day, if I had something that I was going through, I was talking to me. I was working this out with me. So I think that that kind of triggered a lot of my hyper-independence now as me being 21. And I, I think I actually started kind of doing this whenever I hit, I want to say like 1920, maybe 20 specifically. So it's only been about a year of like kind of me being super, super in this hyper-independence phase. But it wasn't up until recently, you know, being around my mom that I realized that, like, when I'm around her specifically, I really have that hyper-independence. And I hate it. Oh, I hate it so much. It's it's because it's, like, I end up, you know, just complaining to, like, my friends or my family. And I'm like, you know, I kind of wish sometimes that I just had people who did things for me. You know, I wish that I could be kind of a spoiled brat sometimes and run up to my parents and be like, hey, can you loan me this X amount of money and can you buy me this, this, and this? And can you just, like, make me never work another day in my life? Like, you know, but then my mom will reach out to me and be like, hey, like, do you want to go get new clothes or do you want to go out for lunch one day? And I'll be like, no, I'm good. I'm really okay. I, you know, like, I'll just, like, deny her helping me even though that's all I've been bitching about to my friends and family for a while now like and I just I don't understand why it's so hard for me to accept help and so like with struggling with independence it's so hard to find a balance between being independent and not being too reliant on others not knowing when to ask people for help specifically as I just mentioned I think I've become a little bit too good about being independent because I make myself feel like absolute crap. Like whenever I have to ask a friend to like borrow their car to help me move this big piece of furniture I'm picking up or, you know, hey, like, yeah, we can go out for lunch, but can you pick me up? Because like, I don't have a car. I don't have a promise of getting a car anytime soon, whatever. 
And do you know, this person will be like totally cool about this and be like, hey, yeah, of course I can pick you up. Or yeah, absolutely. What day are you free to go pick up this thing that you want? Like, they'll be so nice to me about it. And I'm sitting here like, oh my God, I feel like shit. I hate that I have to ask you for help all the time, blah, 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 blah. That's something that I've been struggling with in particular is knowing when I can ask for help and knowing that if my friends and my family or whoever I'm talking to is giving me that reassurance that it's okay to ask for help, believe them. Like, it's so easy or it's it would be so much easier if I could just believe them and move on from it, but I can't. And that's something that I'm still kind of working on. I've made a lot of progress with not uh, validating myself through outside relationships anymore but I'm still I'm still working on not beating myself up by asking for help that is just unfortunately the catch-22 that comes with you know trying to break those anxious attachment styles as we mentioned previously and that's that's okay they're just yeah there's simply just a lot of growing pains that come with so many forms of anxious attachment styles and breaking them or just attachment styles in general i keep listing off anxious attachment styles specifically because that's just what this person told me but i'm 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 speaking for all attachment styles and lastly i think that something else that um i personally feel is not discussed about enough is trying to plan out short-term and long-term goals for yourself whenever you are codependent on somebody in your life. I personally picked up on this with myself, and I think it was uh, 2020. This was probably right before, or actually it was like right after the pandemic was hit. Um, So this was like March? Yeah, it was like mid-March when the pandemic first happened. Anyways, I had started saving money, I had been let go from both of my jobs due to the pandemic. They're like, hey, like you can't come in, but file for unemployment. That way you're still making money. So I was lucky in that regard. And then of course we were still getting stimulus checks. So I was just, you know, I was, I was able to have a lot of money and I had two other roommates. So I wasn't supporting my apartment at the time all by myself. Life was good. I had money. I was taking care of myself. I was financially stable and secure, and it was such a great feeling. So I started actually thinking, well, okay, I have this X amount of money. I can actually put money away for after this apartment lease ends. Like, where do I want to go? What do I want to do? My dream had always been New York City. Cliche, I know. I don't care. Uh, my dream has always been New York City. I've idolized it forever since I was a kid, so at least I'm consistent. Um, and yeah, so I thought, okay, well, pandemic's happening. New York City is a ghost town. I had a friend who still lives up there. She was living up there during the pandemic. She was telling me that, like, rent is really cheap. Here's a couple of places. Let me like send you some links, etc. And I was looking at the places of like rent in all the neighborhoods and you know how much rent was, etc. I was like, okay, well, everything's pretty cheap right now. I have friends and family members who are willing to help me move up. We are gonna drive, of course, we're not gonna fly, whatever. They're willing to help me move. I can rent a truck, I can do that. Like I just started planning it out. 
I was like, I actually have disposable income right now and I have a way to plan out my future and this is great. Like, let's do this. Well, at the time, the people who I was living with, I was extremely reliant on them emotionally. It actually wasn't until about May or so of the next year in 2021 that um, I was actually able to finally get out of that codependent habit with them in the sense of like for the longest time I was putting my future on the line of how much I was going to see them yeah like it was fucked like whenever I was putting New York City back in 2020 I was like okay like I can do this this and this but I'm gonna miss them I'm gonna miss my family I'm gonna miss all these people and I was like I can't leave I, I can't leave these people like these are the only people I have right now they are all I got. I'm going to be so alone in this new foreign place. So I didn't go. And so then going back to 2021, whenever, you know, one of these people and I got into this huge fight, it finally clicked in my head. I'm like, why the fuck am I staying back for this person? All we do is fight. It's not like we're best friends. They clearly are moving on without me. Why can't I move on without them? What is going on? So, by the time that I was finally ready to, you know, do something for myself, well, the pandemic, like, things were starting to open up again. I was still, I was working two jobs at that point. I had just started a new job. So, like, you know, the world is getting back on track a little bit more. Rent's going back up to its normal prices. Long story short, New York couldn't happen anymore. Because I started having to catch up on bills. I, you know, had to find a new place to live pretty soon, etc. Like, I didn't have the income that I had even just eight months ago. You know, my, I basically just lost an opportunity because I was so codependent on these people in my life. Now that I'm out of that relationship with not only that person, but the other person involved, I finally got back into the habit of like trying to figure out what I want to do for myself and all this stuff. But I've been a little bit hard on myself lately because I just keep looking back to that time period of my life and be like, why the fuck did I mold my entire world around these people? And at the end of the day, like, I just thought that they were all that I had. I thought that they were all I was ever going to have. Even though that relationship was absolutely shit, it was the only one I had in my life. So I was like, oh, it's them or nothing. That's, you know, I'm, I'm going to be apologetic to myself for going through that and having to go through that to begin with. At the end of the day, like, it's okay that I went through that. At least I've learned something from it. But also at the same time, I've had to grieve that chapter of my life now for a long time because I missed out on so many opportunities and so many things that I could have done with my with my life and in ways that I could have grown as a person that I just didn't do and I didn't get to do. And that sucks. So now like coming back a little bit or coming forward to 2022 we're almost in 2023 this is about two three years later I'm now just kind of back in the same position what do I want to do what how do I want to grow as a person and I no longer have that thought process of okay I want to do this this and this but here are these people that I'm gonna miss I have my family my chosen family who I love and adore and I'm absolutely gonna miss them but you know who's been my biggest supporters of of me wanting to get out of where I'm living at now it's been them they've been telling me the entire time like go do your thing like you have these goals and you have these things that you want to do and if you fail you can come back 
Like, we're going to catch you. We're not just going to let you fall and be alone and just, you know, feel like you don't have anybody. Like, we're here. Why the fuck aren't you leaving? And it's like, not everybody has that. And it's therefore, I'm super grateful for that. So I finally feel like now I can actually like take what I want to do seriously and like I have no idea how to get to New York. I don't know actually anymore if New York is still what I want. I've actually been thinking a little bit more of like moving somewhere else because at the end of the day, yes, I love New York City. I absolutely adore it. I know that I belong in New York. I don't know when that's going to happen. It'll happen at some part, some point in my life, but I don't know if it's for me right now. And that is simply because of finances. If New York was, you know, at the levels of where I'm living at now, as far as money goes, I would probably just jump on that bandwagon and just go right on up there. But I know at the end of the day, I'm going to make myself miserable by trying to stretch myself then trying to make that happen. And that's okay. That's okay. That's the biggest lesson I've learned with struggling with all forms of independence is that it is okay to fuck up. It's okay to fail because at the end of the day, the people in your life, if they are meant to be in your life, they will see your failure or they will see you messing up not as failures, but as you growing and they will be supportive of that. They will love you no matter what. They will catch you no matter what. And they, at the end of the day, will make you feel secure enough in yourself to where you're not having to be reliant on them, but you're simply accepting the love and support that they're giving you. And you're able to take that and move on with it and like do something with it. So that is great. That's like, that's just (laughs) like, I, I don't know how else to explain it. That's just such a nice feeling that I've learned and have been able to feel the past couple years of my life. I, you know, I talked about grieving that chapter of my life a couple years ago, but I'm also, like I said earlier, I'm just so glad that I went through it and I'm so happy that I can finally just be content with messing up. Like, it still scares the shit out of me some days, but also at the end of the day, I know that it's okay as I keep saying and yeah so kind of kind of coming back to um the topic at hand with struggling with independence is that I'm I'm okay that I struggle I'm okay that I've gone through the growing pains of overcoming my attachment style and I'm continuing to go through the growing pains growing pains of uh trusting myself and trusting other people and allowing them to help me even when I think it's you know just too much to ask for help and also at the same time you know just learning the balance of being independent and letting people help you like it's still a lesson that I'm definitely learning every single day of my life for sure like you never stop learning how to grow as a person that is okay that's great that's so great that I know that and I hope other people get to know that and I hope that the person listening understands that and knows that it is okay to go through ups and downs whenever you're doing this it is especially okay to go through these ups and downs whenever you're doing it by yourself I do a lot of my growing by myself 
I have a support system, sure, but I'm not talking to them as much as I uh, probably should be about the stuff that I go through in my everyday life. But I I can say that I'm proud of myself. I can say that I care about myself enough to keep going and keep moving and, uh, you know, just all that fun stuff. But I also know that, like, on the days that I don't care about myself and the days that I don't love myself and the days that I don't want to keep going, I know I have a support system. I know that I have people in my life that want to see me keep doing these things and therefore will probably just be there for me and getting me back to where I need to be and helping me get back to that mindset that helps me grow as a person. I don't know. I don't know how to phrase how to phrase that exactly. But I'm always going to I'm probably always going to struggle a little bit with independence and with growing as a person and with all the things that we've talked about in today's episode. But coming to terms with it is key. And I think that I'm doing a great job. And to anyone that's listening, I think that you are doing a great job as well. I don't even know you, but I can say that. To those who have been listening to my podcast that I know of, you're you're doing great. Thank you for supporting me. I hope that I can support you in the ways that you need. And I hope that I can support anyone who's listening and allow them to just sit with me for a period during their day and just feel like we're having a conversation that is probably well overdue for most of us. And that is simply the goal with this episode and with this podcast is to have those long overdue conversations. And speaking of conversations, as I mentioned last week, I'm going to be having actual people on this show and we're going to talk about even more things. I'm very excited about that. I'm so excited that I got to talk about this today. Thank you again to the person who suggested this. It was a great conversation to have and I'm very happy with it and I hope you guys are too. Thank you once again for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being you. Thank you for just being great and I'm so 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 proud of you in case you no one's told you that today um but yeah I'm gonna wrap it up here thank you guys and I will see you next week with a brand new episode on coming to fruition bye guys